your uh, congregation isn't real big, and so uh, I'll address you from right here, if you don't mind. <laughs> it's a privilege to be able to handle God's Word, and for me to be able to share with you, I... Uh, I've appreciated your congregation. I can tell you one thing, I'm not going to preach as often as I have. <laughs> I, uh, when Merv called me, uh, he uh, told me, yeah, the topic that I uh, uh, liked best, I wasn't sure what that was. But I'll tell you what, I was scheduled to preach at the Pike Sunday morning and uh, got sick and I couldn't I couldn't do it I had called Ellis on Saturday and gave him a heads up so and uh, but that sermon will work for today <laughs> so uh, uh, when I was uh, a lot younger than I am now I had a pastor by the name of Teddy Rollins how many of you know who Teddy Rollins is? Was <laughs> I didn't think any of you would. Now, if Raymond and uh, Leanna would have been here, they they would know. Well, uh, uh, Teddy Rollins was a fine man, and uh, if uh, if my name was Teddy Rollins, what I would say this evening is uh, Jesus didn't come in twenty three. I'm going to look for him in 24. Now, uh, but but my name isn't Teddy Rollins, okay? Uh, I uh, was reading in my devotional in the book of Chronicles uh, about a month ago, and there were several chapters that stood out to me, uh, some things that, uh, that were said there that, you know, uh, the scripture never gets old, it, and you never exhaust it. The best preacher that you know of never got all of it said. <laughs> There's always more to be said. <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> so uh, one of the things I want to talk about is taking inventory. Uh, that's a good thing to do at uh, this time of the year. Look back and see where you've been and what's happened and, and how you reacted and how you handled what happened and so on and, and what you can do better next year. And so it's a, a, a looking back and also a looking forward. And so that's almost two messages. And so uh, uh, I don't know how long I'll keep you here. <laughs> so now... My, my uh, proposition as I start is that uh, God is absolutely perfect. And, and I don't understand that. Uh, his attributes, uh, knowing everything and, and uh, being everywhere and, and having all power. and uh, I can't grasp all that, okay? And his word is uh, just as perfect as he is in its original writing, so we say in our uh, discipline. And we can trust it. Uh, 
when we look ahead, uh, things sometimes don't look real nice. Uh, there's some things ahead that uh, scare you, yeah. But we can trust God to lead us wherever we go. Uh, we had a wonderful message on encouraging us on facing the future this morning. Well, Brother Nathan Good preached. All right, I'm I'm going to uh, take you to. First Chronicles chapter 21 and chapter 22 this morning, this evening, <laughs> pardon. And, uh, but before I start on that, thank you. Before I start on that, I, uh, I'll give you an illustration. I have a uh, nephew by marriage by the name of Ivan Raymer, and Ivan spent many years, most of his life at Red Lake in the Northern Light Gospel Mission and uh, had occasion to call him here several years ago and and uh, I called him and he told me a, a story that I didn't know anything about, hadn't heard before. He was working for my brother in construction as a young fella and uh, there was another man working for him, and I don't remember what the other man's name was. I didn't know him, hadn't ever met him that I know of. But I'm going to call him Mr. Berkey just in, for, a, for a name. And uh, this man had bought a nice car. And uh, at break time, he'd go over to the window, and he'd look out at his car, and he'd say, Mr. Berkey, you've got a mighty fine car. And then Ivan said, uh, he's looking out his window. Now, he's up at Red Lake, okay, in northwestern Ontario. And it's in the wintertime. He's looking out his window, and he's saying, Mr. Raymer, you've got a mighty fine wood pile out there. Now, that's an illustration. I'll, I'll be back to to Ivan after a while, but uh, the uh, Mr. Berkey, uh, his uh, attitude uh, maybe had something to be desired <coughs> about his uh, fine car. Uh, you know, we won't be too hard on him, but let's look here at First uh, Chronicles 21. Uh, there are good ways to take inventory, or good reasons to take inventory, and then there are some reasons not so good. And in First Chronicles 21, uh, David took inventory and, uh, for a reason that wasn't the best. Let me start reading at verse 1. And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. And David said to Joab and to the rulers of the people, Go number Israel from Beersheba even to Dan, and bring the number of them to me that I may know it. And Joab answered, The Lord make his people an hundred times so many more as they be. But my Lord the king, are they not all my Lord's servants? Why then doth my Lord require this thing? Why will he be a cause of trespass in Israel? Now, uh, 
it's very apparent from what Joab said that uh, he knew that this was not a good thing to do. And as you read on through this chapter, you find out that David knew it too. He knew it wasn't the right thing to do. It wasn't a good thing. Huh. But he did it anyway. And uh, what David was saying, he wanted to know how many fighting men he had, how, how big his army was, uh, how well they could... Uh, uh, maybe he was saying, Mr. David, uh, you've got a mighty big army, a mighty fine army of... Uh, Good fighting men. You you can take care of this country in, in spite of all the nations around you. But when David faced Goliath, David said, the battle is the Lord's. He was depending on God. Absolutely. And God honored that. And God was uh, giving David uh, good success in his uh, armed forces and so on. But when, uh, when David did this, you know what happened? Uh, God said, uh, David, you should have known better. He didn't say it in those words, but that's what it meant. And, and David said, God, I'm sorry. Uh, and he repented and he uh, said, uh, God, it's my sin. All these people that uh, God killed 70,000 of David's men. <coughs> yeah. Uh, it, that, that, was his, uh, that was his punishment for doing it. Now, <coughs> now I... Uh, when I started reading this and when I started thinking about this, I, I thought, uh, you know, uh, I can go back into the, the law and into the writings of Moses and I'll find out where he said that, uh, that you're not supposed to number. You know, I looked high and low. Some, if you find that, you tell me, okay? <laughs> I couldn't find it. And... Uh, I don't think that it's there in so many words, okay? But David knew it, okay? Joab knew it and David knew it. He shouldn't have done that. It was the wrong reason. He was taking his eyes off of who God is and, and trusting God and, and putting his trust, uh, his, uh, he wanted to know how many fighting men he had, uh, how big his army was. Well, now, the consequences were 70,000 of his fighting men were gone. The Lord uh, needs to be first and, and, and the focus of our inventory. So it's a good thing to look back and see what you can do better, what you did wrong last year, but but don't do it to uh, 
say, uh, Mr. Ben, uh, you've got a fine so-and-so or whatever. It's, uh, Lord, show me how I can use this better for you. So, now, when uh, this action was uh, over, or basically over, when uh, the Lord was destroying these 70 men, and he, uh, David repented, and the Lord said, it's enough, and uh, this angel, the destroying angel with his sword in his hand, was standing apparently between heaven and earth, above the thrashing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. And uh, the Lord said, David, you go and sacrifice to me on that thrashing floor. And if you uh, read the last part of uh, chapter 21 and the first part of 22, maybe I'll read three verses at the end of 21 and a few at the start of 22. At that time, when David saw that the Lord had answered him in the thrashing floor of Ornan the Jebusite, David had built an altar and, and sacrificed, and God sent fire down and burnt the sacrifice. So, so, so God accepted David's sacrifice. David knew that. And at that time, when David saw that the Lord had answered him in the thrashing floor of Ornan the Jebusite, then he sacrificed there. For the tabernacle of the Lord, which Moses made in the wilderness, and the altar of the burnt offering were at that season in the high place at Gibeon. But David could not go before it to inquire of God because he was afraid of because of the sword of the angel of the Lord. Then David said, This is the house of the Lord, and this is the altar of the burnt offering for Israel. Now, if you would read that in the NIV, and I didn't memorize it, I did read it, and, but it would indicate that uh, David said, uh, we're going to, uh, God wants us to build the temple here. That's what it came down to. And so this was to be the site of this temple that Solomon was to build. David wanted to build it. He, he said, uh, Lord, uh, I'd like to build you a house, and, and God said, uh, David, I'll build you a house. <laughs> uh, and and when, he was, uh, when that exchange was going on, he was telling God, uh, David that uh, he'd have a son that would build the temple, okay? And that was Solomon. But he was also looking forward a lot further than that. Let's go back to... Uh, 2 Samuel 7, and just uh, read a little bit there. Second Samuel chapter 7. I'm going to start reading at verse 12 and read a little farther. <coughs> and when thy days be fulfilled... And thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name, 
and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. Now, uh, that uh, look forward to Jesus Christ uh, and that eternal kingdom that uh, he was going to set up. Now, going back there to First uh, Chronicles again. No, I'm, I'm there, all right. <coughs> and David commanded to gather together the strangers. This is verse 2 in chapter 22. Gather together the strangers that were in the land of Israel, and he set masons to hew wrought stones and to build the house of God. To, no, not to build it, but to build the house of God. They were built, getting the stones and stuff ready. And David made preparation. Solomon was going to do the building. And uh, <clears throat> now the, uh, the particular words that, uh, and I was reading in the New King James Version, in verse 19, the words that stuck out to me were, Arise and build. This verse says, now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Arise therefore and build. Build ye the sanctuary of the Lord God to bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the holy vessels of God into the house that is to be built for the, to the name of the Lord. Now, David was telling Solomon, it's time to build Arise and build. Uh, our Sunday school superintendents, and uh, it happened this morning at Bethesda, uh, they get the youngsters in the front bench after Sunday school, and, and they lead them in several songs. And uh, oftentimes, one of them is uh, building up the temple of the Lord. And this morning, that was one of the ones they chose. And I've often wondered, uh, do those youngsters know what they're saying? Somebody ought to teach them what they're saying. Uh, you know, they're, they're not building a, a building. Uh, now let's go back to 1 Corinthians. First Corinthians three and verses sixteen and seventeen. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Ye are. Now there are two words that are used to, to uh, designate the temple. Two, uh, two Greek words that are, uh, that are uh, translated temple in the New Testament. 
And the, the one word is uh, H-I-E-R-O-N, Hiron. And the next word is Naos, something like that, N-A-O-S. The first word is uh, never used of uh, us as being the temple. But the, the second word is uh, almost many times in Paul's writing, for instance, it is always used of the body. Sometimes the body plural and sometimes the body singular. But we are the temple of God. And, and so what does it mean to build up the temple of God? Now, uh, we've taken inventory, and, uh, and now we're looking forward, and what are we going to do with what we know? <coughs> Pardon me. <clears throat> and uh, Solomon was to arise and build. That's a good thing to do. Arise and build. Build what? Our own temple? How do we do that? How do we, how do we build our temple? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you. That's uh, First First Corinthians uh, six nineteen. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, that's singular, which you have of God, and ye are not your own. In the uh, first two verses that I read, the, the, the word is always plural. You can't always tell in uh, King James's English which is plural and which is, uh, but it, it, uh, it is used both ways, okay? Now, uh, how do, how do we go building up the temple if it's us, okay? If it's, if it's my body, what do I do? Well, uh, how many of you have a regular time that you commune with God every day? I'd like to see your hands. Good. Uh, I'm suggesting to you that that's a good thing to do. I question whether you're going to do it very regularly if you don't have a specified time to do it. Uh, for a number of years, many years, I uh, got up and helped Art milk every morning. And uh, I'd aim to be at the barn at 4 o'clock in the morning but I got up at, at 3 o'clock, and uh, I had a time of devotional, and, you know, that was a blessing to me, and it still is. My wife uh, complains about my uh, getting up so early in the morning, and, but I do usually. <clears throat> Not always anymore. I don't, uh, I don't get up and help Art Milk. I... Uh, 
he he sold his cows. I I couldn't if I wanted to, but uh, and I had quit before he sold his cows. Okay, <clears throat> but but that habit, that's a good habit. Get into it, whether it's in the morning or whenever it is convenient for you. Make a, make a time in the day to to get in touch with God. Read the Word. And, and talk to him. That'll build your temple. And if you're building your temple, you're building God's temple. Okay? That's, uh, that's building your temple. Okay? Uh, Let's go back to Ivan Raymer now. Uh, art, you all know art, okay? Uh, art uh, lived with Ivan Raymer for maybe a year and a half or so up there at uh, Stormer Lake. Ivan lived at Stormer Lake at that time, which is 40 or 50 miles north of Red Lake. And uh, Art sometimes... Uh, He'd call back home and and uh, at least once or so when he was up there, he was home for a visit. And uh, he would request prayer for uh, John Paul Kiesick. John Paul Kiesick was a man that had a problem with drink. Uh, he was a native man and, uh, and he'd get drunk and... Uh, He'd repent and try to do better, but he'd drift right back in and get drunk again. And so we'd pray for him, and, and uh, Ivan Raymer worked with him and prayed for him, and, and Art was telling us to pray, and he prayed. And <clears throat> somebody else up there at... Uh, Red Lake said, from, from up in that area, said, uh, everybody else gave up except Ivan Raymer. And you know, eventually John Paul Kesey got victory over that, and, and he became a saved man. Ivan was building the temple of God. When I moved down there to where we live now in northern, no, southern Shenandoah County, north of Timberville, uh, we were going to uh, Crossroads, uh, South uh, Virginia Conference Church. That's where Teddy Rollins was the preacher. And... Uh, I learned to know an old man by the name of Lewis Showalter. He was a brother to Mark, the one that runs, uh, that uh, started Broadway Metalworks. But anyway, Lewis was a nice man. I enjoyed him. And Lewis, I think, was the one that told me the story of uh, two men that uh, years ago, before autos and so on, met each other on the road walking. 
And one of the men was like John Paul Kesey. He had a problem with drink. And had uh, been in and out of the church. And, and uh, the other man uh, walked over to this man and uh, put his hands on his shoulders. And the other man had his head down and... and uh, man that walked over in front of him had his head down too and the man that had the drink problem saw a couple of drops drop down on the ground on the dust in front of between them and then the uh, other man spoke he said you're too good a man for that for this And that turned that man's life around. Yeah. He was building the temple of God. I love stories of people like that. Uh, had Victor Ovalle from Guatemala to... Uh, preach at Bethesda one time Victor Victor's wife is from up here in Pennsylvania and uh, he was in our area <clears throat> and uh, I had invite, I invite, invited him to preach at Bethesda and he did and uh, I uh, I do business at uh, did I did business at Timberville Auto Parts it's no longer in business now but <clears throat> and uh, Probably in all the times that I was into Timberville Auto Parts to buy things, I visited with the owner and with his daughter who was a clerk there. And But I don't suppose that I talked to him about the Lord. And Victor went into Timberville Auto Parts while he was uh, in our area. And he talked to the people about the Lord. Yeah. Now, uh, I, I don't know what uh, impact that had on uh, the Smiths who owned Timberville Auto Parts. I never found that out. But I know this. Victor has had an impact on a lot of people in Guatemala. Victor, Victor is building the temple of the Lord. And so, uh, when you're uh, encouraging your brothers and sisters in the Lord, you're building the temple of the Lord. When you're uh, testifying to the grace of God to people outside of the church, you're building the temple of God. Uh, so, this evening, I'm encouraging you, take inventory, see what you can do better, and then go ahead and build the temple of God. Now I'll turn it back over to the moderator.